The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. And welcome to The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, proudly brought to you by SJP World Media, along with Benny Mac Productions. My name is Sai, and joining me as always is my partner in time, the helpful hologram to my bungling scientist, maybe, just about the qualifications, Mr. Benny Mac himself. How are we doing, sir? I do. I always, t- I always pegged you as the as the hologram. To be honest, okay. I was, so I was the Beckett because only because of the age really. Oh, <laughs> uh, right, okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and and I, if you ask my wife, uh, she'll happily tell you that before we got married, I did have, shall we say, a colourful past with the ladies. There so you maybe go. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, but there you go. It's worked out well for me. No, I'm doing very well. So how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Not too bad at all, my friend. Glad to be back talking Quantum Leap with your good self once again. I bloody love doing this show, and I'm really glad that we've got a few in the bag for a little peek behind the curtain for people. We've got a few in the bank, and the show is going to be hopefully back running on a regular basis, back on SJP World Media, hopefully weekly. I mean, there may be give or take a couple of times in the future where there's a week missing, or we get bonus stuff out for you on a week or whatever. But yeah, hopefully the plan is, Benny, to, to just churn them out, isn't it, mate? That, that, that is definitely the plan and i tell you what it's always good motivation from yourself message me can we do it when we're you know when you're free and like when we when we can record but i tell you when we had that message the other day on the facebook was it on facebook page yes the page um um i forget the person's name I sh- i've just thought about this now so i should have actually wrote his name down well i was actually gonna bring it up at the end oh. of the show but seeing as seeing as you've uh You've beaten me to it. Yeah, definitely. We uh, it was a it was a, a gentleman called Ricky. And apologies if I get your surname wrong. I'm so so sorry. Uh, a fella called Ricky Fleischer, I believe, is how you pronounce it. And he messaged our Facebook group saying, "Hi guys, I found your podcast just the other day and really enjoyed it. I then noticed you stopped recording them about four months ago. Do you have plans to restart? It would be a shame if you didn't." And, and that's, you know, I've let him know, yes, of course, we've at that point, we already had a few recordings in the bank, Benny, yeah. as, as the saying goes. And uh, yeah, it's, it's lovely getting feedback for, from any listeners and so on, especially when somebody's discovered the show is working their way through. Uh, what would you call it? The archives or the back yeah, catalog yeah. or whatever it may well be. And then saying they're running out of shows. <laughs> is there any more coming? You know, well, the fact, yeah, obviously we did season one, which was, you know, even though. It took us a few months to actually record them all, if not longer. But um, there's only like what nine episodes in the first season, whereas we're on episode yeah. fourteen now. I think, right. yeah. Um, you can tell what I'm not sure because uh, it gets longer, and I'm trying to read the information from over there. But yeah, seen <laughs> so. Uh, but no, the comments like that, man. Honestly, from any, I know we get some good feedback anyway in our sort of little podcast corner that we've got on the internet now. Mm. But when it's somebody that isn't necessarily on a day to day messaging, um, even better when some. I love the fact that he's discovered it, and I hope he doesn't mind. I call him Mister Ricky, but um. I don't know, you know, when somebody discovers it and they actually enjoy what we're doing, it's, it's quite a nice little uh, ego boost, I'm not going to lie. Oh, uh, definitely. So, yeah, hopefully weekly, obviously, because we, we've got so little 
in, I say little because we've recorded and we've had gaps between recordings. Sometimes I forget what episode we're on and what we've talked about. And I don't, it, you know, it's only when I went back through the list earlier to watch, obviously, All Americans, which is what we're going to talk about. It seems uh, ages ago that we actually spoke about Another Mother, which it probably was for us. But if you're the listener, because when the episodes come out, in, your, in maybe in a year's time, there's just an archive of content. And, you know, for you, it's mm. like I, I can listen to number one, number two, three, four, and keep on and going. Whereas, for us, there is sometimes a big gap between recording. <laughs> so yes. It's weird. Yeah. I, I struggle. It's funny. Even weekly stuff or, or shows that I record on a far more regular basis. Yeah. I struggle with that. I mean, Nitro Nights is the perfect example for, for anyone listening who's unaware of it. Nitro Nights is a show I do with, with a great fella called Scottish Danny. And it's looking at the wrestling company, WCW, from the first episode of Nitro onwards. And we're looking at every show weekly taking in all their pay-per-views their big events and all that sort of stuff and just talking about this this crazy wrestling company that you know eventually went out of business in 2001 and, and just just lots of insanity that goes around with that company now i record that with danny at least once a week yeah i will still have to message danny Ben, i'm the one who edits it i'm the one who produces <laughs> it i'm the one who puts it out on the network i still have to message danny and say what are we on this week? Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, and it'll just be like, it's the Nitro after last week. <clears throat> like, well, I know that, but what's the date? Or like this week, yeah, for example, yeah. we're recording on um, Sunday. And as, as we speak today, uh, Benny, it's Friday. I messaged I messaged Danny this afternoon. What are we doing Sunday? And he's like, we're on a pay-per-view. It's it's Hogwild 96. It's a big deal. We've been building up to it for about a month. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. I just, I just don't, I, <laughs> I don't know why, but my mind just doesn't work that way. I can't yeah. keep track of it all, you know? To be honest, I, obviously, I, I, I try not to be too much of a shill here and promote the, you know, the SUV World Media and the other show I do, obviously, in the corner is the only other, other one I do at the moment. Um, but because I'm kind of knee deep in WWE at the moment, week to week, when I, you know, even just, I did literally record an episode yesterday. And obviously, when you record, when you when you listen to this, it's going to be probably about four weeks ago, if not longer. But um, even trying to remember, I mean, I know where I am. I know what day it is. But even, did I talk about that last week or did I talk about <laughs> the week before? Should I talk about this again? I don't want to sound like a broken record. And then there's yeah. stuff going on. And then I have theories and, um, you know, ideas that way things could go. I By no means do I consider myself like a, I know the wrestling business and I know this is going to happen at WrestleMania. Do you know what? I don't care what happens at WrestleMania as long as it's good, but I can uh -huh. speculate and talk about things. And I've got ideas. Of course, we all, we all think we can fantasy book wrestling. <laughs> we yes. like to, of course we do. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So yeah, sometimes I still get like, where am I? Am I not done that? <laughs> Did I talk about this? Cause I try to, yeah, I'm going to talk about raw that week and SmackDown that week in the, that particular show. But I also sometimes want to throw in, some like webosphere as i say on my show stuff that people are predicting or there's always vince mcmahon back is he not back is that happening is this happening did that person really hate that person and sometimes the stories are really just clickbait and just pathetic and sometimes they're quite interesting to see whether it in you know it informs actual tv so i've gone on mm -hmm. a bit rant here but um but yeah in the corner sgp world media <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I recommend everyone checks out. I, I bloody love the show. And again, I'm biased because, you know, you're my friend. I was going to say, on, you have to say that? And it's on, Well, yeah, you're my friend and it's on my network. But I, I love it. I absolutely love to the show. Honest, I, I honestly think if you didn't like it, it wouldn't be on your network. You'd have gone, nah, Ben, that sounds shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Um, <laughs> maybe. Yes. But what we are looking at today, however, is no wrestling. It's, it's well, 
I suppose wrestling on the football field, maybe, I guess. I don't know. You could, you could, you could equate it to it, I suppose. Really. Yeah. Football to a degree, I suppose. There we go. Uh, we are looking at the season two, episode 14 edition of Quantum Leap. Uh, first aired on the 17th of January, 1990 in the States. And the episode is entitled All Americans. Uh, we see Sam leaping into a guy named Eddie and... Effectively, he is a high school football star. And for anyone listening from the United States, I want to apologize in advance. I know very little about American football. <laughs> I was thinking this before you, because I don't know the, the rules of, uh, you know, I know, I understand some, but not very rare. Mm. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're not we're two British guys that, yes, you know, occasionally I have watched American football. I've watched Super Bowl on occasion many years ago. To say I understand it all, no, I understand first downs and you know what you're what you're aiming to do when you're on the offense. But in terms of fouls and stuff, and uh, you know, flag on the play and stuff, I haven't got a clue. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Uh, it's on in my you know when when the NFL season is running, it's on in my house a great deal because my wife is crazy about NFL. She loves it. And again, for listeners outside of the UK, we have a what well, your main TV sports provider in this country is a company called Sky Sports. And you tend to find most sports have their own allocated channel. So we'll have Sky Sports Cricket or we'll have Sky Sports Golf. And that's kind of, yeah. you know, and you can with certain packages, you can pick and choose what you get and so on. Um, we have as part of our package anyway which is good because I don't really want to pay any extra. We have um, Sky Sports NFL and it's a whole station during the season that is dedicated to the NFL. And my wife loves it. And on a Sunday here, the the early game in America will kick off, I think, about 6, maybe 6.30 p.m. here. And then you'll get another game around 9.30 p.m.-ish. And then another one a bit later. And effectively, she will sit there on a Sunday and watch the lot. And she's she's finishing at like half past four in the morning, especially if the Cowboys are playing. Dallas Cowboys is, is her team, has been since she was, you know, 14, 15 years of age. Uh, and, you know, if the Cowboys are playing, then she basically tells the girls, my, my two youngest daughters, you're getting the bus to school tomorrow because mummy's watching the football tonight <laughs> and stuff like that. So uh, if yeah. I've hopefully... Just by, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know if the word is right, osmosis or, you know, absorbing stuff that is going on around me. I mean, hopefully I've picked up enough to sort of talk a little bit as we go through this episode, Benny. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should have got uh, uh, Tyler on, whether he watches American Football, I have no idea. But he does. We he should does. have got Tyler on maybe for this one, if we'd have thought this through a bit better. We could have had somebody to translate the rules of football for us. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Okay. I, I know high school football, which this is very much based upon. There are variations in the rules with regards to, and we see it in the episode with regards to moving, uh, moving the point of attack forward a certain amount of yards when there's been a flag or a foul or whatever that is different to the actual NFL. I think there's differences there. I mean, right. I, I've said it now, so I kind of hope so. <laughs> If not, just re-edit it now and say, no, there, there is no difference at all. Yeah, <laughs> well, there is difference. When I'll we finish we... recording, I'll look up all the rules and I'll just cut all of this out and make us look like we know what we're on about. <laughs> uh, so it's called football, but they pick it up. So rugby. Moving on. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we first see Sam leaping in to Eddie during a game. 
and ooh, 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 sorry, sorry. Before you go any further, yes, this is. I believe this is the first time we don't have Sam narrating. It's actually Deborah Pratt doing the whole. Yes, like um, you know, in the it's, it's a slight variation actually. I don't remember her saying certain things, but um, Deborah Pratt being the voice of Ziggy and actually doing the intro. You know, and actually laying out the foundation of what this TV show is about for anybody that may have never seen it before. You know what I mean? It's just like this is the first time we actually have the uh, the uh, her doing the narration at the top of the show. Yes. Um, also, last week, do you remember last last time we watched an episode? We had the weird American dude doing the narration at the beginning, and it was the yeah. one and only time he did it. Yeah. Yeah. So, because um, I, I I jumped ahead of myself, if I remember rightly, actually, now that I think about it. But uh, I just wanted to make that sort of, uh, in this moment, episode season two, episode 14 is the first time Deborah Pratt is actually, because it's, it's ingrained in my memory that it was always there. So it wasn't until we started watching season one, I went, oh, oh, yes, yeah, Sam narrates it for a bit, doesn't he? And it's only when it actually came on, I was, oh, actually, no, this is actually Deborah Pratt doing the, the Ziggy voice and explaining the the concept of the show to maybe some some new viewers. So that actually is a nice little lead into the to the weekly show, really. If you've never watched it before, yeah, and and I I really like it as well because obviously that we're halfway through the second season here, and the majority of the program now. So we've got three more seasons, and what's left of this one is yeah. with Deborah Pratt, the voice of the voice of Ziggy, narrating the show. So even though with our watchback, Benny we've had the random American fella last week and then Sam doing bits as well up to this point. It's yeah, still, yeah. it still feels proper now. It still feels correct now because the majority of what we would have seen would have had this, this intro or a variation of it just with this person voicing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'll quickly throw it in quickly, but it's, it's um, the, the original CSI before it was known as CSI Vegas. Cause obviously they did spinoffs and stuff, but yes. CSI, I've always thought that CSI had the uh, the the oh god, I'm gonna get shot now. Uh, oh, who the hell is the band that sing the freaking song? The I should have. Thank you. Ironically, <laughs> called the who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that piece of information literally left my brain. Then I have no idea where it went, but you found it for me. But yeah, I always thought the original CSI series had the Who as their intro music, but actually the first few have like a generic like ominous piece of music until the who came into and they used the who music and i was like oh so yeah i don't know why they that went from my brain but it did oh, okay yeah i can trust it uh as we said sam is playing football we get the oh boy moment as he's getting smashed about the the, the pitch and so on the game is won by sam apparently throwing a crazy kind of not very technically signed pass to you know release a teammate yeah, who we find yeah. out is is his best friend named Chewy to score the winning touchline, and he gets you know kind of ribbed about it a little bit. He gets kind of wound up about it being quite an unorthodox way of throwing the ball. I didn't notice any of that. So <laughs> I like I liked the uh, the jaguar on the yes. shoulders. It keeps getting knocked down. Quite a funny. Um funny episode actually in places um despite the what's going on in it but uh yeah all his teammates are congratulating him and smacking him on the shoulders even with the pads on still knocks sam down to his ass which is <laughs> i don't know it's hard to, unless you can unless you can see it it's quite funny to be honest i assume yes. 
anybody listening to this show would remember the episode or is probably even watching along with us. So I found that quite funny because it doesn't happen once. It happens about two or three times. And it's, yeah, it's like their tradition, isn't it? Their kind of, yes, yeah. kind of camaraderie kind of effort. Yeah, I would assume you get that sort of in, uh, you know, football, European football or soccer, as the, as the uh, Yanks call it. Um, but yeah, it's... Um, yeah, you get that sort of uh, that banter and stuff, don't you? As you said, in camaraderie is what you said. But uh, mm. I, I find it quite funny because he sort of stands up and sort of dusts himself and then he gets knocked down again. And that one lad is... <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that one got back big hefty guy just does it. <laughs> He's just down on the floor. Yeah. It is quite funny. It is. Uh, after this winning touchdown is, is thrown, though, we see family members celebrating and um, people that we will eventually learn are the parents of, well, the, the dad of Eddie and the mum of Chewie, who are quite close on a personal level as well. And then we notice a bit of money exchanging hands in the crowd as, as people have been betting on the game and so on. Uh, we're also told that there's some scouts at this game because this is heading into the, I think they said the city championship, Benny? Yes, yeah. And it's, um, it's for colleges, isn't it? So they're going to be moving up from uh, so what high school into colleges and obviously yes. you get scouts coming and if you're good at football um, and they you know they want you for your team they'll give you a scholarship so pays for your tuition and all that kind of stuff but you still have to have good grades so you can still play the sport but ultimately as long as you keep your grades up and you, and you can still play football you get a, a free education essentially because they want mm. you for their, for their college team so you know because colleges you know are very much a business thing obviously if they win in tournaments and stuff there's money for the school isn't there so yeah you know it's a big deal yeah definitely um after the celebrating in the crowd and so on there's effectively a party scene isn't there and this is you know kind of why believe to be or we're led to believe a kind of a tradition for the football team with the cheerleaders and the families and so on yeah they all they all head back to I, I think it's well I, I don't think I know because it gets explained in the show uh, Eddie and Chewie basically live next door to each other so it's like a shared yard and shared space and that uh, Eddie's dad runs um, effectively a food truck and is serving food and Chewie's mum is also cooking food in her kitchen yeah. so you've got two houses next to each other with essentially one basically two yards but basically made into two into one because of them having hosting this sort of party sort of thing and celebrating that they won the game and stuff like that so yes yes like exactly. very cool but it looks like a very cool uh, party to be honest um yeah and it's it's funny as well the party scenes when i was doing a little bit of research before the before the recording today after watching the show this what we're seeing when we get the close-ups and the people sat at the tables and conversations happening, they are very much close-cut scenes. We're seeing these individual conversations taking place. But we get the odd view from down the road or a little bit further away showing the whole party as, as a whole. It turns out that those scenes were actually taken from a movie called La Bamba. Really? I didn't even notice the difference, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's really and- one of the stars in this film called La Bamba is a, quite a well-established um, Mexican-American actor called S.I. Morales. And he was in tons of stuff. And on one of the cutscenes where they show this, you can actually see him sat on a bike in the corner of the set, in, in, in the corner of the party. But obviously, he's not, he's not there, but it's from the movie that he was in. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't know. Didn't even pick up on that at all. Not even a little bit. There was one bit during the initial opening where the game's being played and it did like a wide shot of the the crowd and it looked very grainy mm. as to what it looked like initially. So whether I thought maybe that's some stock footage maybe or some yeah. but no. But this these uh, street shots at all I didn't even pick up on that at all. Yeah, it was, it was a, the film was about a musician. Oh my goodness, his name escapes me now. It was about a musician who died very young. There was the plane crash in the 50s that killed um, Buddy Holly and, and a few others. And a 17-year-old uh, guitar player, singer, and so on died on this particular plane crash. It's a true story. And this is about him, uh, his life, this film. So, And there's parties there. And yeah, those scenes are took from the film about this guy's very short life called La Bamba. And Lou Diamond Phillips from Young Guns and someone was in it as well, I think. Oh, okay. No, I, I have seen one of the Young Guns films, but it's when I was a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's interesting, actually, because I wonder how many shots there are in this series where they're actually taken from other things, like maybe, like I said, like stock footage or from mm. films. I know, like, the episode, I can't remember which what it was called now, uh, back in, I think it's in the first season, um, when he's in The Stuntman. Yes. They're doing Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno. Um, but obviously the film Earthquakes in it, isn't it? And they have actual shots from that film in it. But obviously he's supposed to be the stuntman in it. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, no. I wonder how many. I'd be interested to know actually how many episodes have used stock footage of or, or footage from an actual film that was out. So it'd be quite interesting to, to know actually. Yeah, I bet. I bet now if we look out for it there'll be some that we'll see quite clearly. I imagine the, uh, I think it's the trail end of this season, isn't it? With regards to the Vietnam war and so on. Yeah. I'm sure that's going to be clips. Yes. Yeah, stock footage of the video. Yeah. And I tend to find that when they use stock footage, it's how you explained it, Benny, with this, there are moments that seem a little bit more grainy, a little bit, not, not quite as clear as the normal production that we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. You can look like a wide shot of like, yeah, even actually in the, in the very first episode with the, um, the uh, the plane flying and they showed footage of a plane actually flying in the sky and it's obviously taken mm. from either a film or military f- stock footage or whatever it's yeah. not filmed by them or maybe I, yeah i don't think it was but maybe the camera wasn't as good but then you see the quality of it on the actual show like you said like you know with sam and al talking or whatever it looks really clean and smooth so yeah they sometimes i think just take somebody's random footage <laughs> <laughs> and put it in and make out that you know this area is bigger than it is or whatever so i also think as well that it maybe wasn't as noticeable back in the day you gotta think what we've watched already Quite is sweet. from 89 going into early 1990 yeah nowadays with the the development of hd tv and ultra hd and all this all, all singing and dancing fantastic technology available now i think the I, mean, I watched on the DVD to watch this episode back today yeah. on my, my little portable television. But the little portable television I have now in, in the room I watch my stuff for, for for the research for podcasts is much better than the TV that was in the main bed, the main house room, the living room, when I was a child. So the picture quality is better just on the little portable I have than the main television back when we were growing up. So with the advent of or oh, the invent, sorry, of, of HD and, and Ultra HD and 4K and all that technology stuff I don't fully understand. I imagine that the difference in quality 
between the ordinary filming and any older stock footage is highlighted to us even more than when it was back in the day. I imagine if you were watching this in 1990, the difference in quality between the two scenes or the two shots may not have been as obvious. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose there is that. Obviously, the the, I mean, I watched it on um, Now TV uh, um, earlier, but um, I've got the DVDs as well. So obviously, DVDs would have cleaned up the uh, the the film footage and stuff, wouldn't they? And so yeah, it's a lot crisper. I mean, you can even go stuff like friends has been put into HD and widened. Mm. So if you, if you watch quantum leap or old episodes of friends and stuff before the HD stuff, it's in that four by three. Um, so now actually I have no hidden threat. I, I don't know because quantum leaps not in widescreen, uh, for the full screen, whereas friends is, and there's bits now in friends where you can actually see there is a scene because originally you wouldn't have seen them in this block of four by three but now you can you can actually see a cameraman stood there with a boom mic in <laughs> in certain areas um it even ruins a couple of jokes in the show as well um because they're off screen and it, the camera then pans and then the laugh comes because they don't see it until you see them on screen so okay. yeah there is positives and negatives but uh, yeah that's a different podcast in itself but um yeah no maybe it maybe didn't look as bad <laughs> but yeah i didn't pick up on that wide shot of uh, even that it was even from a film to be mm. honest with you so well yeah i'm gonna go look out for the actor now that I've, I've, I've read online is in that particular scene but yeah it's definitely taken from that the bamba movie so filmed by you know only a couple of years previous to this as yeah. well so i mean leading into this party scene as well first thing i noticed was the music like yes you got big girls don't cry um you know from the from the four seasons in there you got um Tequila, which is, I think, the champs, and then like Chubby Checkers is in there somewhere as well. Santo and Johnny and stuff. So, not that I know all the names, I'm looking them on the screen right now. La Bamba, like you said, it, actually, there's actually La Bamba, which was by uh, performed by Richie Valens. There you go. So, Richie uh, Valens, he's the guy who the film was based upon. Ah, there you and go. And died at like 17, 18 years of age in the same plane crash as Buddy Holly and, and all that sort of ah, stuff. Okay, so there you go, 1958. So, yeah. That's when that came out. So yeah, there's a lot of music in this. I, mean, I think sometimes, I'm, even though as much as I love like metal, rock, Metallica, Linkin Park, all that kind of stuff, and Limp Bizkit, and you know Guns and Roses, and all those bands, and even Ozzy and stuff. His new album's really good, by the way, if you haven't listened to it. But um, even though I like all that, there's something about '60s music that I just really like. I don't know whether maybe I was somebody in in a past life that was around <laughs> the time. I have no idea, but. Um, when certain songs come on, even though I don't listen to them on a day to day or anything like that, when Big Girls Don't Cry came on, when it, you know, it, I'm not going to sing, but when it kicked off, I was like, oh man, I like that song. <laughs> so I just, yeah. The music in the show can, sometimes it's really shit, um, but so, sometimes it's really good. And I know, unfortunately, the DVD versions don't necessarily always have the original music that was put in the original when it was originally broadcast because mm. Universal cheaped out all the music. Yes. But in terms of mainstream songs, this uh, this episode has some really good uh, has a really good soundtrack to it. Yeah, and it really sort of helps set the st- set the scene, doesn't it? I suppose it's 1962. You've got everyone who is wearing the high school gear and dancing in the in the yard when they're throwing this party and so on. Of Alvis references in there as well. So yes, yes. Uh, we basically find out then with with Al talking to Sam. A little bit about well, well, the party in general, and then Al's conversation with Sam, kind of fills in a few gaps for us with regards to who the other characters are in this particular story. We have uh, Chewie's mum, who is named Celia, I think, isn't it? 
Is it? Is it? No, um, Maria. I thought Maria. Okay, sorry. Um, I've for some Maria. reason I, I've written Celia several times. So if I say the wrong name, I apologise. Um, we find out that Chewie's mum uh, sneaked across the border nine months pregnant, so that the, her child would be born a U.S. citizen, which is fantastic. Uh, we find out that Eddie's mum passed away very, very young. I, I, was it at childbirth? I think they said, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, the little, yeah, his little sister, isn't it? And uh, yeah. Mm. And his dad, Eddie's dad, Manuel, who Sam has leapt into, Eddie. Eddie's dad, Manuel, is uh, trying to bring this family up while saving up to hopefully buy premises to start his own restaurant and yep. has these various food vans and so on that, you know, we see them later on at the, at the sporting occasions selling food and, and that's his business. We also here come across a fella called Ruben, who I think is brilliant in this story. I think he's slimy and nasty when he needs to be. I think he's sinister and a little bit scary when he needs to be. And then also quite cowardly and a bit of a shithouse at the end of the story. You almost and, get that feeling from him from the moment you see him. Even when yes. you don't really get any sort of dialogue apart from maybe the betting bit where he has to, when he wins some money off another fella. And, but yeah, for almost like instantaneously you go, don't like him. And I don't know whether it's the clothing, the grease in the hair, the facial expression. I have no idea. Or whether it's just the whole look of him, the whole ensemble they've got put together that you just kind of go, don't like you. You're smug. And because he's even smug when he receives the money off the guy who he won them, you know, in the bet that he won the money off. So Almost instantaneously, you go, don't like you. And yeah. also, you mentioned our explaining all these characters. I think they did a really good job in a very short space of time to fill out this universe that he's leapt into straight away by mm. just having Al going, yeah, they did this, they did that. She snuck over the border. Her, um, his mother died when he was when she gave birth to his sister. He's trying to do this and blah, 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 blah. So, I think for once <laughs> I've took, I mean, not that they don't do a bad job or anything, but sometimes we don't get enough info. It's almost rammed in there in the last 10 minutes or something, isn't it? Sometimes. Yeah. Whereas this time they've, they've set out this, not like giving away what's going to happen and what he's necessarily fully there to do. But in terms of the other characters around him, by the time we see Sam going around the other characters next time, after this information's dropped, you almost feel like, okay, so that's so-and-so. And yeah, okay, so I understand what's going on. And I, th- I think they did a really good job with this in the first, like, what, 10, 12 minutes of the show? Yeah, and I think it's something that does carry on as well. If I, I mean, uh, future weeks of the show uh, and our recordings may prove yeah. me wrong here. But I think this is, we're starting to see now, so halfway through season two, we're starting to see now Quantum Leap kind of finding its feet and really becoming the show that I remember as a kid. There's not the whole the whole the whole premise of this particular episode. Then, for example, I mean, there's not a massively deep story for us to dive into here. No, no. You know, the actual thread and the story and the, and the points we're going to bring up, we're probably going to cover relatively quickly now. To be honest, yeah, yeah. there's not masses for us to go through. But it's not it's not, it's not like massively layered and like you don't. No, have, no. It's, but it's enough that you you can follow it. Like I said, that first twelve minutes of our explaining everything. It it fills it out for you. you go, okay, cool, right, okay. So now I now I know what's going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and we get the reason that Sam is there. We get the bad guy of the piece, 
and their motivation, which on this occasion seems to be mainly financial, uh, for them acting uh, as the bad guy in the scene. So that works. We get some good stuff with Al and Sam sort of bonding and talking about different things, having a laugh and a joke. And then Sam as Eddie, bonding and laughing and joking with his football teammates and so on. And, you know, spoiler alert, it's not going to ruin it for anybody. Ultimately, in the end, the good guys win, the bad guys don't. And you're left with a feel-good factor at the end. It's a relatively straightforward story. But I think the bad guy in the scene here, Ruben, the, the performance of this actor, okay, it's a little bit stereotypical. He's of some some whether it's cuban or mexican descent of some description he's a bit of a slimy character he's a bit shady and so on yeah definitely it's kind of maybe a bit stereotypical the way it's played but for me it really does the story you know magnificent justice i mean i mean the guy is fantastic in this story yeah i mean i don't know whether i think yeah i suppose the way you've said it's perfect but i was just going to quickly say about the coach the coach is what you expect of a coach in this type of yes shouting and screaming and do 20 laps and all that i sound like vincent man um do laps and stuff like that um whereas like you said yes he's got that generic sort of bad guy about him but that scene i know we're going to get to it but that scene where he's kind of saying yes i'll let you stay here if you do this but he doesn't say what this is but it's very much implied and mm. it's and it's very creepy and cringy in a sense of like oh you are a slime ball and i don't mean not as in when i say cringy i don't mean oh i couldn't watch it i mean the guy the actor did such a good job which is what you just said but it's like you creep basically yes. so yeah i agree and again, it, it's those aspects to it. You have, I mean, effectively, you might as well jump about it a little bit now, I suppose. But effectively, the premise of this episode is Sam is there to stop Chewie throwing the big city championship game. Yes. He's he's going to cause the team to lose so that Ruben can bet on the team losing, make loads and loads of money. And the, the big motivation for Chewie to do this is that his mum, Celia, owes Ruben, $800 at the moment, soon rising to about a grand in back rent. And Ruben is saying, if you don't pay me, I'll kick you out. There's other methods of paying me, which he sort of slimily hints at and so on. And it it's, again, it's, it's very paint by numbers, I suppose, with regards to the story. It's not, like you said, Benny, it's not got massive, massive layers to it, but I really like the fact that we're getting an episode that is relatively straightforward, well explained at the beginning. All the characters are, are doing their job well. And, you know, it, the the task at hand for Al, sorry, for Sam, is quite clear. Even though at the very beginning, Al can't give him all the information needed. He basically tells Sam, yeah, he froze the game. You've got to stop him doing that. Sam can't believe that he would do this because yeah, he's that committed to the team. Yeah, because he talks to him and asks him, says about, oh, I think we might lose the game at the party. And he's basically mm. almost like, doesn't he almost, as Sam says, it almost knocks him out for even thinking that they could lose. So how how has this kid gone from, you better not think we're going to lose, to throwing the game? So what's going on? And we see snippets of it, obviously, with, uh, is it, uh, what's his name, Ruben in, um, in The Mother. I've forgotten her name. Uh, Celia. Celia. Uh, is is it Celia or Maria? I'm very confused by this now. I've got Celia. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Celia or Maria? I thought her name was Maria, but I could be... I'm just trying to look at the... It is it's Celia Martinez, the lady's name, in, in the character, yes. Okay. 
either way, the mother. <laughs> yes, the mother. <laughs> no, after the fact, probably. Uh, but um, yeah, the, it's laying the groundwork for you can kind of see where this is going, and it's you know in the the way Ruben sort of says certain things. Um, like you said, that that whole scene of him basically hitting, well. He isn't forcing himself on a... Well, he is a little bit because he does get physical with her, but not, yeah. not at that point. He's just the way he looks at her. You just like... You slime ball, basically. Um, I mean, in the last episode we did, which was uh, another mother, in terms of layers of that story, you could dive into that quite a lot. But as we've already mm-hmm. said in this one, it's very straightforward. That doesn't mean it's a bad episode. It's just oh, no, a definitely. straightforward um, story really and we've seen snippets of this and other things and you know the football game and the you know <laughs> it will get to it but it's in terms of the football game stuff it's very stereotypical like <laughs> the way it pans out if that makes yes. sense yeah. yeah um obviously reuben pestering celia being a slime ball being all over her and so on sam sees this or, or at least catches the trail end of it and he says it's sometimes in his, his gut. He just knows when something isn't right or to follow his gut and so on. So he thinks to confront Ruben as Ruben is leaving in quite a magnificent car, I must add. And we get a bit of dialogue here that I thought was awesome. He tells Ruben to keep clear of Chewie and his mum. To which point Ruben changes again. He's no longer, hey, how's it going? Yeah, how you doing, Eddie? You're going to win me some money on the weekend? He just switches. Yeah, and the accent, the accent even drops, and he talks a little bit more down here, a little bit sterner, a little bit more serious, and he says, "I don't think I heard you, punk." And the the eyes change, and I thought that was Sam, such. Yeah, yeah, but Sam's response. Sorry to cut you off. Sam's response oh, yeah. is brilliant. <laughs> I'll write it down for you if you can read. You know, it's just it's so quick witted, and yeah, sassy Sam is the best. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just go just before we go too far, just going back to the scene when we see the tail end of this tension between uh, Ruben and um, is it Vega's mum? Yes. Um, lack of a better because I can't remember what her name is. I think you're right, actually, to be honest. But either way, but because uh, Vega is younger, he goes, Oh, hey, Ruben, how are you? type thing, and maybe not picking up on the fact in the tension in the room. Whereas Sam, I know he's leapt into his mate's body, but Sam's older. And can probably, I know he's taking feel it in his gut, but also when he walks in the room, the young, his mate Vega doesn't really feel the tension. Whereas I think Sam feels the tension in uh, the room. Yeah, okay. Ruben and his mum. That's why he's kind of like, and there's even a little glance between Vega and Sam where Sam sort of raises his eyebrows, like to say, mm, yeah, all right, that's a bit weird. And then they carry on, sort of thing. So I think Sam being older, um, obviously he's a freaking fully grown man, where but in a 16 year old's body, you know, if from their point of view, but for him to be more experienced, then I think he definitely picks up on the tension in the room, even though you're not quite sure what's going on. I think you've, we've probably all had scenarios in our life where we've walked in the room and gone, everything cool? Oh, bit frosty in here. <laughs> you know what's happened, but you can feel it. It's hard to explain, but you can feel it, can't you? In the room, you're like, something going on here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what it is. So that's how I took it anyway. Yeah, no, no, spot on, I think, spot on. Uh, We then effectively get to see Sam at football practice. And there's a couple of moments here that I want to sort of bring up for different reasons. Um, First of all, a a, a bit of a positive, I guess, something that made me laugh. 
Sam is asked by the coach to lead the calisthenics, which I guess is like the warm up and so on. <laughs> I love this. I, um, I look hard at this. Yeah, and, and he's a bit like, well, I don't really know what to do. Uh, and he, Al inadvertently gives him the idea of, of a Jane Fonda style workout. Bits type thing going on. <laughs> yeah, and I can remember Jane Fonda workout videos and so on being at my house. My mum used to have them, and it's very similar to what he was doing there, trust me. And uh, he asks Carla, who is a girl who is effectively besotted with Eddie, to play some music very loud and starts doing the Jane Fonda workout, the um, aerobic workout, and basically gets given 15 laps for messing about by the coach, answers back a little bit later on, and gets given 20 more. I've, I enjoyed that, Benny. That made me laugh. So it was really funny. I just, um, I'm like, bear in mind, it's what, 1960, I think it's 1962, yeah. That's right, um, yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a history buff by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm like, I don't think they did that back then. I don't think it was a thing. So probably, no. I want to say the 80s maybe. And I'm maybe, yeah, I want to say about 80s. Obviously, Jane Fonda would have been 80s. Um, I'm just looking it up online. I'm not that clever. Um, but, yeah, um, no, 80s were, I mean, I was born in 81 and I can remember my mum having Jane Fonda workout videos. So 80s, 80s sounds about right. Yeah, but it's, my point is, because it was in the 60s and he's doing stuff that, it's like when he says like awesome and stuff, and they're like, "What are you on about?" Because it's not not been heard yet, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, just in '62, these things don't. Uh, do you know what though? What I liked about it because they could have gone another way with this. Um, when he started doing it, they, yeah, as as you'd expect, a lot of the lads on the on the field were like, "What the f- is he doing?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, a few of them started getting in, involved in it and started dancing around like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that added to it, and I thought this was a really funny moment, to be honest. The slight negative I have from from this particular scene is um, Al is perving over Carla, the girl who's playing the music. Yeah. And when I was a kid watching this, it didn't register at all. Now, as a as a grown up, as a as a forty two year old man with, with daughters of my own, that's a fully grown man perving over a sixteen year old girl. It's a bit icky, mate, isn't it? Yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, um... it's not a good look. No, uh, it's. I mean, there would have been almost. Oh, they're sixteen, aren't they? Because yeah. So yeah, no, it's not right. Um, it is of its time. I know. I know. It's only a bloody TV show. It's only meant to be a bit of. He didn't actually freaking try and bloody do anything, or not that he could. Oh no, of course, yeah, yeah. It's just. But it is a bit cringy, though. Yeah, no, I agree. And mm. again, um, I mean, my daughter's way off being freaking sixteen, but she's got an attitude of it already. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. <laughs> A minor, well, I've got uh, the one daughter who is uh, 19 very soon. My middle daughter is 16 and my youngest is 13. And I kind of looked at this and was a bit, I ain't sure about that. (laughs) But there we go. It is what it is. Because Eddie is doing his laps for messing about with the Jane Fonda workout, um, Chewie is in the change room on his own. He's going to hang around and wait for his friend to finish his punishment. And Ruben... You know, appears loitering in the changing room and has a conversation with Chewie. And this, I think, is where we see another side to the Reuben character as well. Still linked to being sinister and nasty and, and, and a crappy piece of work. But here he's very manipulative because he's acting like he's Chewie's friend and he's trying to do him a favour. And he's like, oh, you know, we even have the line of your mum hasn't told you about how much debt she's in because they treat us like babies, don't they? And trying try to sort of 
I suppose he's been pally pally with him. Yes. Manipulating him to get to the the conclusion that he wants to, and he like mentioning that mentioning it will soon be a grand. Uh-huh. Earlier on in the show, we've had that comment of, "Oh, I want a grand." So Vega thinks he's come up with the idea of, "Oh, oh, we're we're going to win, we're going to win." He was, "Oh, because you know you won a grand last time, so we can do that." And he was like, "And obviously, like you said, as you were getting to the old." Uh, He's, he's almost like spoon-feeding him to get to where Ruben wants him to be so he can then go, you need to throw this game. Yeah, it's very controlling. It's very, I don't know, potentially narcissistic in a way because mm-hmm. you're kind of, the character of Ruben is manipulating Chewie to the point of it. The final thing he says with regards to saying to Ruben, uh, sorry, Chewie saying, Ruben saying to Chewie, sorry, he only bets on a sure thing. And losing is a sure thing. That's the only part of this whole conversation that Ruben puts forward has legitimately his own idea. He manipulates the scenario to make Chewie think everything else that comes between them, everything else that is discussed between them, he's manipulating Chewie to make it seem like he is bringing it up. Yeah. And it's only only the end point where Ruben says, no, 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 I'm not going to bet on a win. Losing is the sure thing. That's the only actual point in the whole conversation that Ruben puts forward himself. Very manipulative. Yeah, yeah. And again, very, very slimy uh, character. Mm. And then, yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> he is. He, he very much is. And but again, fantastically acted. I feel because there's so it's easy to be a bad guy. It's easy to be a dick. It's easy to be nasty, slimy, horrible. But this guy does it on different levels all the way through the episode. He's sinister. He's yeah. Scary, he's slimy, he's manipulative. There's so many different levels to it. I mean, the actor himself, uh, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, and I, I apologize hugely to everyone listening. Uh, Fausto Barra was the guy's name, and yeah, this, this aired in 1990, and he actually passed away a few years after this aired in 1994 from AIDS related complications obviously the aids pandemic was an incredibly big deal in in the late 80s well eight all the 80s going into the early 90s took the lives of many people famous or otherwise and this is another guy here who had various acting credits to to his uh, to his name the the aids pandemic kind of ended his life very young which i think is a shame because in this particular episode i thought he was i thought he was magnificent he was really good as this um uh, as this uh, this bad guy because when i say i hate him I, I obviously I don't really hate the actor, I hate, but the character he played, I legitimately hated, which means mm. doing his job properly. Um, and he did a few things, and I'm just I don't I know we haven't done any tropes this time, but I was having a quick look. I didn't realize because I was wondering why there wasn't a lot to his resume. So I didn't look at when he passed away. I don't tend to look for that. Yes, so I didn't realize. You'd, you'd assume with how good he was, there would be a lot more, would, wouldn't but, you? Yeah, and I was like, oh, why is this guy not done more? And that that explains why. But he did a few additional voices in American Tale. Uh, Five or Goes West, um, which I grew up watching those films. I know they were, I don't know where they came out. Um, LA Law, he was in. Um, and obviously Quantum Leap, because we're talking about him. Um, and there's a few shows on here, but I don't know them. So, I mean, I can name them, but I don't know <laughs> what they are. I never watched uh, something called Bodies of Evidence. Uh, he's in one episode of that. Uh, oh, that's another sort of one of these, these cop shows, yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, he did three episodes of Santa Bar- uh, Barbara. Okay. Again, no idea. <laughs> to be honest with you, I, and I'm not saying they're bad. I have no idea. I just, uh, you know, probably when they aired, what, what was that Santa Barbara aired in 1987? Well, there you go. Yeah. 
I was three years old-ish, maybe four, so I wouldn't have been watching um, American TV or even that on <laughs> TV. So, but yeah. Yeah, great actor in terms of the the role in this, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. I think I think the mustache helps as well. That's a bad guy mustache, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> the only thing missing from him was the uh, the red sort of rose in his pocket. I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Yeah, uh, what's it? What's it called? The um, like the neckerchief thing. What are they called? Um. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, that would have changed. Although, do you know what? If if um if uh, what's his face hadn't played it, do you know? I honestly think that dude could have played Gomez. To be honest, and, do you uh, know? What? I thought it was him. Oh, you thought it was um? Like, yeah, him. Yeah, I, that's why I looked the guy up because I thought it was the guy who played Gomez Adams, and that's how I found out about his is you know how he passed away and so on. I genuinely thought it was him. Yeah. Oh well, I can't remember. His, oh, what was his name? Oh, crikey, that's going to annoy me now. Um, the one who played, actually, because he passed away as well, didn't he? Unfortunately. Yes. Um, oh, what is his name? I'm trying to find it now. I will leave you to think about it whilst I uh, continue. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sam arrives back in the changing room, sees Ruben there, um, says to Ruben that I told you to stay away, and they basically have a scrap, and it's... I like this because it's not a Hollywood-esque scrap where they stand up and there's big smacking noises to punches landed or any nonsense like that. It looks like a real fight because... This is a proper, like, yeah, scrap, isn't it? Definitely. And then knocking over lockers and all sorts of stuff until the coach arrives and breaks them up. And basically, uh, Chewie tries to explain it away that... <laughs> the, re- the reason that he explains it away is weird. I'm not going to lie. In that scenario, between funny. a man in a 60... 60- it's brilliant because he's a 16 year old lad trying to explain this away and the coach sees through it and and Ruben uh, sorry Chewie basically explains uh, Ruben arrived to pass on a message and they're fighting because uh, Eddie and Ruben both like the same same girl and the coach goes so what is it then you look too old pointing at Ruben to be into high school girls or Eddie are you into older women (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was really good Um, you know he is a stereotypical shouty sort of drill sergeant coach type character but in that the only thing he's missing is the constant spitting yeah the chewing the tobacco maybe Uh, and yelling god damn it all the time because that's something that that's something that you you see on these um these American sports films and coaches of a certain era they always throwing their hat on the floor shouting god damn it aren't they yeah. Uh, by the way, Raul Julia was the cat with Gomez Adams in. Uh, there we go. And Bison in Street Fighter. <laughs> it was right on the page. Like it was written so small, I couldn't see it because there's a picture of him. But yeah, he looks. Um, he could quite easily have been. If they'd have gone to the same movie, it would. I reckon it would have been a toss-up between those two mm. actors. To be fair, but uh, yeah, Raul Julia. Um, the last film he did was Street Fighter. Yeah, uh, he was Bi- uh, um, Bison, wasn't he? The, the big boss in the original. Not the greatest film, but he did the role because he wanted, he knew his kids liked Street Fighter, so he wanted to take on a role where his kids could see him in yes. that character. So, which is a nice, which is a nice thought. It's just a shame that it ain't the worst film, but it ain't the best film either. Benny, my friend, any movie with a lovely young Kylie Minogue in it is good in my book. Good point. I forgot she was in the air cameo. There we go. Yeah, I forgot about that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Watch the animated Street Fighter film. And uh, there's, yeah, just watch it. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> it's an 18 for a reason. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> different, uh, different kettle of fish, then. Different right. Tool, yeah. <laughs> uh, after everyone leaves, 
Sam and Chewie have a moment here where Sam basically says, I know what you're going to do. And he's like, I can't let you. And Chewie's like, well, you know, it's the way it is. And he finishes with the line, just don't throw the ball to me then. And there's a real sadness in his eyes. Like he feels that he has no choice but to throw this big game for his mum's benefit, which again comes back to Ruben's manipulation being so well done. And, And obviously to this point, very successful. Yeah, um, it's nice actually as well because again the, the lad instead of him just going I just got to do it and I'm I'm leaving but yeah you can see like you you've already just put out brilliantly but you can see the remorse the sorrow I can't I know they've worked but earlier in the episode we hear them talking you know we've worked so hard to get to this point together mm-hmm. and you know the school whatever school we go to they got to take us together right we're together in this so there's this very um. Even though strong brothers, bond, isn't there? Strong bond um, to go, and they've worked really hard to train, play well, and you know earn these scholarships. And they want to earn these scholarships to, mm. you know, go to college and stuff. And obviously, um, uh, not vague. It was uh, uh, Chewie wants to be a doctor, so he's going to play football, but to get the scholarship so he can train to be a doctor, and that's his, that's his goal there. Um, but yeah, Ruben to manipulate and literally jeopardize. Um, all that for what? Probably about a thousand dollars. Yeah, but there's the there's the issue of um, the, the underlying issue of it, the immigration side of things as well, isn't there? God, yeah. When he throws that in as a threat as well, yeah. Like, basically, Celia and uh, Chewie's mum. Whereas Chewie was born in the United States, so she, so he, sorry, is a U.S. citizen. Celia is still a, a, an illegal immigrant, and if there's one phone call made to a certain department, she will be deported. So there's that kind of undercurrent running there as well with regards to Ruben's manipulation. What an evil bastard, you know? <laughs> Anything for money. And and again, yeah. I know I know eight hundred bucks and a thousand dollars is a lot of money, probably more so back then in the sixties, but even so, man, what a dick. <laughs> oh, what a dick indeed. Uh, the next thing we see is that the game is actually starting. We're, we're at the conclusion, I suppose, of the uh, the build-up to this big city championship game. And I suppose that the climax and conclusion of, of the episode of Quantum Leap as well, effectively. Chewie makes a catch early on and then kind of feigns a knee injury to go out hurt, which I thought was a clever touch because everyone knows how good Chewie is. He's there... Um, I think he's their wide receiver is the position he yes, plays. Yeah, yeah. And everyone knows he's he's shit off at what he does. He's bloody brilliant. So by saying his knee hurts and having to have a lesser player come in for him is a clever way of throwing the game without him actually having to go out there and just act like a knob and, and drop the ball and all that sort of stuff, Benny, I think. Yeah, but uh, say obviously Sam picks up on this and he's like, mm-hmm. he knows what's going on. He's like, I know you're not hurt. Um, but yeah, it's a, a good way of... It's almost like trying to remove himself from it so he can absolve himself from guilt, maybe. But at the same time, he's sat on the bench watching this game play out. And I don't think the guilt's going away from him, is it? To be honest. It, it, yeah. it, I understand his logic, but it's... Um, and again, the, again, I said this this story isn't very layered, but in terms of the characters, there's you can just see on his face, like when he told Sam not to throw him the ball... And now he throws himself, he, he kicks himself out of the end by feigning a, a knee injury, sorry. Um, I think in psychologically, you'd be probably going right forward. If I'm not in the game, then I can't be responsible if they lose. But faking an injury, 
has not helped his conscience at all. So mm. he's, but I can not that we really dive into it too much into the episode, but you can kind of get the feeling that he's sat there stewing and going, "Oh, I bet you in his head he's gone. I need to get back on. I can't. I got to do that for my mum. I want to go. I need to." Get him back. Yeah, he's, you got to think as well. He's a sixteen-year-old lad. Yeah, he's, he's not. You know, he's a kid still, and he's got all this pressure on him. It's you can see how torn he is in this moment, can you? hundred percent. Yeah. Mm. Uh, the Jaguars, uh, the, the next point in the game that we sort of get a reference to the Jaguars are losing 14, nine, which is the score that Al says was going to be the, the final result. Uh, there's 23 seconds left on the clock. And Sam says, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of stumped. I've lost this one, etc., etc." Al tells him to quit. Al tells him to take himself out of the game because Chewie's relationship if if Sam or Eddie walk out of the game, if they quit the game there and then, bench themselves, so to speak, he won't get a, a deal with any other scouts, a scholarship or whatever, throws his own future away. And Al is kind of leaning towards or hoping at least that by Sam doing this, Chewie will react because he thinks that Chewie will have more concern about Eddie's future being thrown away than his own. And it works, Benny, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think the uh, the bond that we, we talked about earlier, this is where it really shines because, mm. and for Al to pick up on it is really good as well because there's no real hint of it. Although, yes, we know they're close and they're good buddies and all this. There's no real, I wouldn't have thought of that when I initially watched it, that by Sam quitting would cause him to... Um, feel that bad and ruin his you know what i mean i didn't realize it would be that because yes he's um trying to get this money for his mum so he can keep the house and all this stuff but i, I was with the fact that uh you know sam is going to throw his future away or the, the guy he's leapt into away that um i'm trying i don't know how to really get there but it's just i wouldn't have thought that would be the way to get him back in the game if that makes sense. Watching this the first time, obviously I've watched it before, so I knew. Although I'd forgotten a lot more about this episode than I remember than I remembered, but yeah, I got the general gist of it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When we get to our sort of giving it our eight or five rating at the end, there's a little bit I want to say about that myself with regards to what I remembered and how yeah. it sort of it left an impression on me. But um, eventually, Chewie gives in. They both decide to go and play. Chewie again reiterates, "Don't throw to me." Because he's still torn, obviously. By this point, there's five seconds left on the clock. And I really liked this because we get uh, Sam giving out the instructions and they're setting up their play. He throws it to Chewie. And the pass, you know, but basically, the pass is, you know, the pass doesn't happen. The touchdown doesn't happen. And it looks like the game is gone. The clock is on zero. That's the last play. It, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, oh, okay. I don't remember it going this way. I thought, you know, the, the obvious thing would be that the pass would be completed. Chewie would score the touchdown and then we'll get on and deal with the other problems afterwards. You know, like, oh, yeah. last, last ditch win. I'm thinking, oh, okay, but they've lost the game then. That's, I don't understand. But then we hear that there's a flag. So there has been, the pass is incomplete, they reference it as, due to pass interference. I'm not 100% yeah, sure uh, what that so down as. The player, he's trying to catch the ball and basically the the other the opposition players basically um instead of trying to 
you can't you know i don't think you're supposed to you can't tackle somebody if they don't have the ball so he basically yes. um while he's in the air before the ball's even got to him is like as he's about to catch it this other player basically tries to tackle him so i think is interference or something like that i think it's called mm, so that's right uh, yeah again we're not NFL fans, we're not. So if we're getting it wrong, we apologise. But basically, there's a flag on the place, which means they get a, a penalty and get a, another shot at uh, trying to win the game. Yes, that's right. And and with regards to the penalty, it means that their point of play, where they're starting, is moved forward. There's there's penalty yards added. I think is, is how you re- reference it. Which that means they're much closer to uh, where they want to be, and they score the touchdown when the play is restarted. And there's a big party and everyone's happy. They're city champions and it looks like all is all is good with the world. But there's one thing we've kind of forgotten about as we're looking at everyone being all happy and cheery. And we get a big bolt of a reminder of it because Ruben arrives at the party at the houses in his car with what I can only describe as a group of heavies. Benny? Yes, yeah. Um <laughs> We knew that we were going to have something, weren't we? And uh, again, Ruben being the uh, colossal dick that he is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he come to uh, collect his money. And also he's extra pissed because he thought he was going to probably win a couple of grand betting against his own, uh, his own alma mater, his own high yeah. school that he went to. Um, and he only, I mean, we do, we didn't really talk about it, but he, uh, it does, Al says he only exclusively bets on like um, sort of high school games because he can intimidate younger men which is what we see him do in yes. this episode um so he can make a grand here and a grand there you know or whatever it is that he might bet on to earn the money so um yeah and <laughs> a douche basically but i love the way but um I, I mean we didn't we haven't really spoke about it but the uh the mother and father sort of there at the beginning of the episode there is a bit of a flirtatious thing and there is a little bit the way the dad looks at her you can kind of tell he fancies um chewy's mm-hmm. mum but yeah. we, they don't really dive into it too much. There's a few interactions, but um, I think when she's going to go and get some of the uh, some of the food, she was, oh, maybe I'll make an extra one. And like, there's again, it's I wouldn't say subtle, but it's very there's flirtatious moments, but there's not much emphasis on it. See, I, 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 I would say it's with regards to a, a, a television program that has only realistically got around 45 to 50 minutes to tell the story. I would say it is subtle because we tend to find a lot, a lot of quantum leap. The majority of quantum leap is a standalone story, isn't it? We, we get the, the yeah. one episode covers the leap. And I think with regards to TV shows that have standalone stories, certain subtleties kind of have to be put away and things have to be kind of almost hammered home a little bit more clearly to get the point across because they haven't got a longer duration of, of programming to hint at things for a longer period. Here, I think it's perfect because I don't think it is super subtle, but it's subtle enough to make you go, oh, okay, there's something going on there without it being slappy around the face obvious. Yeah, you know? I think it's done, I think it's done very well, Benny. To be fair, no, I just I think we I think there may have just needed to be one more maybe, but um because we we this at the end of the show, uh, okay at the end of the show just like we have 
oh, you can live with us, you know, because Ruben's going to take his house back and all this and being a dick. And then, he's, then he threatens to call immigration. Oh, wow, he does it after, I think. But mm. um, Sam's like, oh, yeah, you can move in. Then they come to the conclusion of, like, not doing a restaurant. Let's have vans. I love that, by the way. I think that's, a, you know, she's like, look, I don't like the restaurant. I think you should do more vans. And he's like, yeah, that's really that's a really good idea. Um, and then we just go from oh, you do love me, should we get married? And it just seemed very quick to me. I know they've got to fit it in. It just seemed, the only thing that I, okay, yeah. it, just, it just seemed a little bit like, I think I needed one more scene maybe, maybe with them just kind of, you can tell they like each other. I'm, not, I'm thinking, like you said, it's subtle enough. But for me, I feel like maybe we needed, I don't know what, it, it just needs an extra little, an almost kiss maybe or something. And it gets yeah. maybe by Ruben because he wants his rent maybe. Um, so, or even when they almost kiss Ruben in the, in the, in Chewie's mum, maybe have the dad see it through the window and be like, oh, she doesn't like me. And he only sees that. Do, do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. Just, uh, just something just to really hammer home <laughs> that he does mm. like her. But I, uh, you know, and again, there's enough in there for you to go. They seem to like each other. But to jump to let's get married, <laughs> it was very. But then, you know, him threatening the immigration, it makes perfect sense. But they do. She but she does. I like the way she says, I won't marry you to fix my problems. I marry you because I love you, basically. And it's it, it, and it's sweet. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just feel like there could have been just a little bit more of a nudge for me. That's OK. Just, no, you make some really interesting points. I, I totally see where you're coming from, yeah. No, really good stuff. Uh, yeah, basically, to, to summarise what happens, we get one one line I love, and it's it, 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 it's just a straightforward bit of dialogue that probably they didn't think too much into, but I just love the, the emphasis on it from Sam. As the Heavies are taking the... They're basically throwing Celia out on the street, and, and all of her stuff is going to get dumped in the road. Sam turns around and tells them, put everything in my yard. And then he makes he makes the decision. Uh, Chewie can stay in with me, yeah. and uh, Chewie's mum can sleep with my dad. That so was which bit, point, that was very like whoa. <laughs> yes, and Chewie then literally turns around and goes, "Hey, you can't talk about my mum like that." <laughs> yeah. And I like this. Sam goes, "I can if she's my mum too." And then everyone sort of goes, "Oh, hello." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very uh, carry on there, but um, it's He's just, got a uh, plan. <laughs> but obviously, it has been a thing between them for a while. I just feel like, in terms of us visiting this this point in time, and you know, I think we just needed a bit more of a not from the not from the dad. It's clearly obvious he's besotted with it. I just think we needed, and yes, I was flirting from the uh, Chewie's mum, but I just feel like they just needed a bit more from her perspective. Uh, just I'll li- tell you what, I think you've hit something on right on the head there. The dad's feelings towards Celia. Is clear. Yes. 100%. Celia, you know, sort of having the same feelings back isn't as clear. And I think that's, I think you're, I think you're really onto something there. I if think that was bugging. One little extra bit with Celia showing that she, you know, she feels the same. Probably could have helped. You're right, Benny, that's spot yeah. on. I knew, I knew I'd get there eventually. <laughs> uh, again, Ruben threatens immigration and uh, Sam explains it's not going to be an issue because she'll be a citizen when she marries my dad, so that's all sorted. And I love the way that we get a little bit from Al who tells us what happens next. I think this is a big part of Quantum Leap that when it doesn't yeah. happen, I really miss it. And we find out that the food vans that they buy 
uh, ends up being a million dollar business. So they're, they're set for life, which is fantastic. And they go on and have many, many more children and a big family. And effectively, everyone lives happily ever after. Yeah. Apart from Ruben. Yeah. Benny, talk us through what happens here. <laughs> I um, So I was actually quite w- watching this. I felt like, is Ruben going to try and punch somebody, whether it be uh, Chewie or Vega uh, or, you know, whoever? I think he's too much of a shit ice for that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but there was a moment where Sam turns his back to him and Al's like, do it. And I thought Sam was going to punch him, but then he turned around and goes, oh, Jaguars! And it's just like a callback to what's been happening throughout the episode and especially at the beginning. So, And he leaps at that exact moment. That, that was exactly. so cool. So we have no idea what happens after. Is there a scuffle after? <laughs> Is it separated? We have no idea. But, you know, ultimately... Because when Al reads out that stuff of like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be rich and going to have kids. Okay, cool. That's what's going to happen now. If So now now Sam turns around and clouts in one. What happens to Vega? What happens to Chewie? Do they go to college? I assume they do. We don't read. Mm-hmm. Do they mention that? I don't think they did. No, that's the one thing we don't get, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it was cool. And uh, that little thread throughout of the Jaguar being slammed on the shoulders and stuff on Sam, which is really funny. The, the calisthenics in this episode a bit was, it, it broke me because I was laughing hard at that. And I haven't done that. Pro- I've laughed at moments in quantum. Yeah. But this is one of the moments re- more in more recent memory that I'm proper like laughing at. <laughs> mm. So um, yeah, hopefully, well, hopefully Ruben left them alone after all that BS. Yeah. I imagine he's got no grains to cause them any bother, I suppose. Has he? Well, she's out of his, out of his house now. So he hasn't, mm. She, she's all right yeah she's still going to owe him what the 800 bucks that he owes him for the rent that she hasn't paid i guess but other than that sort yeah. it oh there we go yeah a nice happy ending i guess uh so benny to sum up out of five and and your general feelings about this episode uh in terms of the episode i hadn't remembered a great deal of it, actually, to be honest. But as, as the episode goes on, like most of these things, when you watch things back, you little think, oh, okay, so this is this and that's that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I thought, again, the football bit you mentioned earlier about the game being, oh, is that it? And then obviously then then the, the flag went on the post. Oh, okay, cool. So this, that makes it, because I thought I misremembered it. Um, but overall, um, I, I, yeah, it's a generic, I say, again, not many layers to it, but it doesn't need it. It's a very straightforward story. Um, some brilliant acting actually by Ruben, even though he's an absolute ass. <laughs> that character. <laughs> um, uh, to be fair, I'm going to go. I'm going. Uh, I'm going to go a solid three. Um, again, a few. It's mainly that bit at the end with the the marriage stuff. I feel like we just needed a bit more from the mother's point of view, Chewie's mum. Other than that, okay, very high. Maybe a three point five if you want to go over there. So a good episode. Um, by no means a bad one by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, it's a 3.5, I think is fair from my point of view, at least. I agree. A 3.5 is exactly what I've got written down. Uh, I, when I came to watch this episode and put the DVD in, saw what was next, all Americans saw the, like the, the whole football thing. And I could remember it. Or so I thought, I, I thought I could really remember this, this episode. And I wasn't, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't looking forward to it. Not because yeah. I remember it being bad, but just because I remember it quite well, which means I must have seen it a lot. And it doesn't stand out to me as being a, holy crap, this is amazing episode. Yeah. I, I, kind, I kind of, in my head, before I sat down to rewatch it for our recording, 
I, I kind of thought to myself, I've seen this lots. It's a bit bland. It's a bit a bit of a meh effort. There's not masses going on. But let's press play and, and then I'll talk to Benny about it. I enjoyed it much more than I thought I was going to. There was a lot more to it than I... Even though, again, as we said, it's quite a straightforward, uh, straightforward tale. There's still some brilliant performances from certain people acting in this. I think the relationship between Sam and Al is progressing every time we watch an episode now. We're getting more and more from that. In terms of Sam and Al, in this episode, I feel like it was a very... Uh, I mean, it was in Another Mother as well, but in this one as well, we're getting a lot more FaceTime with each other and a lot yes. more their their um their banter and stuff and just their friendship like you said so another mother i think was really good we saw a really sensitive side of our you know with the little one and everything in the you know the hologram the dinosaurs and all that kind of stuff and then yeah right he mentions the whole 16 year old thing and lechen you know going oh she's pretty and all this kind of stuff which as long as he's only looking still creepy but as long as he's only looking it's fine um but yeah it's another good sort of and again like i said at the top of the episode the way they explain all these people in this little pocket of, you know, in the universe where Sam is now in that point in time, I thought was re- done really well and not over convoluted and just, this is this, this is this, and this is this and let's go. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, it's not going to break into the bracket of the best we've ever seen, but I feel more, I feel happier now if I was to go back and watch it again, than I did before watching it today, if that makes sense. No, I, do you know what? I agree with you. hundred um, percent there actually, to be fair, because it, it, if you'd have put this in front of me, you like, we, we kind of did it. Did we do it at the top of this season? I can't remember um, where we sort of go, what episodes are we looking forward to? I know we did it for season one and we talked about the entire lot, didn't we, of what we were looking forward to, but I don't think this would have made it onto my list. And I don't think it did. Uh, now, um, I don't think it's going to quite make it onto my list, but an honourable mention for Ruben, the actor that played him, in terms of his performance, has got to be up there. Yeah, he, he was he was absolutely superb. Absolutely superb. Ah, uh, where we're going next week, then, is interesting. Because, I mean, what we're actually going to look at, we will speak about briefly in a moment. But the leap moment here, we get Ruben getting hit, the, you know, go Jaguars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And Sam is... Back in the cafe again. Sitting down at the see, counter. It's always good to see where Jesse was and all that kind of stuff, but this is from season one again. Yeah. And this is, I think, maybe the third occasion now where we've had this yeah. moment. I didn't know if it was on DVD, or I'm guessing it was then. Yes. On DVD and I watch on now TV. And when it comes to um, The Colour of Truth again, I'm like, look, I love this episode, but why are we seeing this? Mm. Um I mean, I don't know if you know anything about why we were seeing it. Was it in terms of... I've looked, in, I've looked into it, and it just said that... I think it was NBC that aired the show originally. For some reason, the following week, just re-ran Colour of Truth again. But this is the third... Okay, if you count the actual original leap, when we watch Colour of Truth properly, yeah, this is the third occasion where we've had Sam leaping into this. So if you're watching this every week and you love the show... I get the idea that it's a it's a real groundbreaking important episode. Of course it is, yeah. So one of if the you, highest if you, rated episodes we've we've talked yeah. about. I think we even rated it five out of five. I think as well. I think I think we may well have. Yes, yeah. uh, but I get that if uh, you know the ratings are going up or down, and they want to have you know a hook, get somebody back to watch an episode that is. I, I appreciate all of that, but if you're watching it every week and you love the show, 
you must be thinking, what the bloody hell's going on? Yeah. Um, but again, I, I know they've done it with Kamikaze Kid a few times as well, which mm. again was in season one. Um, but that but- was all around with the Kamikaze Kid rerun. I believe that one was to do with the the holiday season in America, wasn't it? It was like Thanksgiving or Christmas or something. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. Um, this, there was no reason for it. I, I can't find why this, this happened. I don't, uh, I can't understand why this, this was, you know, why this was, you know, the, the case. I just, I just can't find any reasonings for it at all. Okay. I, I, yeah. But I mean, obviously we're not getting color of truth again. Cause that's not part of that's season one. We're getting season two, episode 15, mm. um, her charm, September 26, 1973. So Sam's almost home. He's gone forward in time a little bit this time. Um, but yeah, in term, I'm just reading a little, there's only a little, I'll, I'll read it now. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a very short sentence I, of what the episode's about. As an FBI agent, Sam has to protect a female witness when the people after her seem to know his every step. I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at the pictures and I'm not sure which one this is, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, I know. I remember it very well. And the reason oh. I remember it well is that it recorded recently on my telly box downstairs even though i've got the dvds i've never took off the series link properly yeah okay so every now and again it will randomly find an episode of quantum leap on a random station and we'll start recording it and i caught a bit of this it's the episode where he's take he's supposed to be looking after this lady she's getting hunted because she's effectively some kind of a witness in the fbi and so on and it's i remember it being very good but I have been wrong in the past. So <laughs> I'm looking at it and I'm, I thought when I saw that and I read that little synopsis a minute ago, I thought it was the, cause I thought the woman is the one who plays Carol in friends. And I'm That's thinking, what I, yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of a different episode. That's not her. Cause that one, I think he's like a bounty hunter. So in this one, so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm a bit perplexed of why we saw Jesse again. Not that I've mm. got anything wrong with, you know, Colour of Truth is a bloody brilliant episode, but why they... I'll tell do you that. what, I wonder if it was football related. And I'm just making this up now, off the top of my head. This okay. aired mid-January, didn't it? And then, so the following week would have been trial end of January because the, the Her Charm aired first week of February in, in the States. Okay. In 1990, I wonder if there was a big sporting occasion, and I know the Super Bowl tends to get played early February. So I wonder if, for some reason, it might have clashed with. But that would have been on the weekend, and this was airing in the week, so it doesn't really work either, does it? Um, 1990. I don't know whether was there an Olympics on. Maybe I don't know. No, the Olympics was 92 in Barcelona. I'll tell you what. I'll look into it for next week. Yeah, yeah. I'll that that sort of thing bugs the shit out of me yeah so i'm gonna ch- i'm gonna check it out and we'll look into it for next week bunny world cup uh 90 usa yeah but it, it, no ni- 94 was the world cup uh, in, Amer- uh, in america 90 was in italy point, that- maybe there was something that um hmm. again during that one it was during the holidays wasn't it so they didn't want to go too far with it because people traveling seeing their families and all that kind of stuff so they didn't want to yes you know give away the episode and have nobody watch it so they put a rerun on so i get that but with this I was actually, when I was watching it earlier, I was like, uh, what? Because <laughs> I know mm. that that's not season two, because of we, one, I'm a fan like yourself, 
and two, we've covered it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, okay. But there we go. I will do a little bit of digging and hopefully have some information for everybody. It's next nice to know. Week. It'd be good to know if you can if you can find it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, before we depart, Benny, my friend, do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find your good self online and any other shows that you're involved in? Uh, to be honest, it's just in the corner at the moment. Um, so at in the corner WWE on Twitter, you can follow the show or follow the show at uh, try that again at SJP World Media. It's catching so. Um, so you know, I mean, I'm, we're looking at possibly doing some more stuff with the Twitch channel soon. There's a new video game coming out literally next week of a certain genre that we'd like to talk about and play a lot of, and we're trying to organize content at the moment, but that's Benny Mac gaming on Twitch. But at the moment I will say the channel is very sparse in terms of what we're doing. Um, I do, I do, I will admit I put part-time streamer on there cause I am, it's having time to do it as you well know. Oh, yes, uh, yes. I did upload a video about a month ago on YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash BWMTV. And I, I was, my plan was to play through um, High on Life, which is kind of a Rick and Morty type thing. Um, and I enjoyed the game and I've enjoyed the game. But it's just, again, to actually sit down, uh, get everything ready. And sometimes, man, when you finish work, you just want to put a game on and just play and chill. So, yeah, yeah. you know, so I'd love to do more of it and I'm trying to. Um, but yeah, in terms of podcasting, obviously with your good self on the waiting room, the Quantum Leap podcast and that in the corner. Uh, in the corner, which is on available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else. Our po- Google, I think, as well. I think, Psych, you you know more than I do on that. I I, I yeah, said, the, the network is basically available on pretty much every podcasting platform. Yeah, I tend to put Spotify and Apple Podcasts because they seem to be the main two. Mm. They are available on Google as well. So if you've got a Google phone, yeah, and Stitcher and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. so wherever you're at, and uh, so yeah, but yeah, um, if you want some wrestling talk and uh, some other stuff, I'm sure we'll do more. But yeah, follow SJP Raw Media is the main uh, is the main push we've got to do ESI, really. <laughs> that's right, yes. And, and that's kind of all I have to say as well, really. Uh, I, I want people to please go and follow the network on Twitter and Facebook, at SJP World Media. Uh, that's the network that carries this show. Every show on the network has its own individual feed. So if Quantum Leap, uh, the waiting room, is all you're interested in, then you can go and find the, the waiting room individual feed online and listen back to the past episodes and the new episodes that are coming out as well uh, but if you want to sort of dip your toe into what else we do we have the main feed also that's at sjp world media on all your podcast players platforms and providers and as benny said we have wrestling content we have tv content uh, we have a podcast looking at doctor who we have a podcast looking at all sorts of stuff so you can dip your toe in you know, new shows pretty much uploaded daily from various fantastic hosts uh, covering various different topics and more coming soon. So at SJP World Media on Facebook, Twitter and all your podcast providers for that. And this show itself, you can follow on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, and the best way of doing that on Twitter, of course, is the tag is at waiting room pod underscore. But on both platforms, on both formats there, if you search The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast, you will find our glorious selves. So that's the best way of keeping in touch with the show. And with regards to keeping in touch with the show, please, by all means, drop us a message on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever. Let us know what you think, what you're enjoying, what you're not enjoying, what you think you'd like us to do more of, less of, etc. All that good stuff, all feedback is hugely, hugely appreciated. Benny? I've had a blast, my friend. I can't wait to do this again. Really looking forward to it. And I guess I'll see you soon. 
Yeah, as I normally say on the end of this show, time to leap out, buddy. (laughs) 